let's take a moment to travel back in time. Three weeks ago on this very podcast. So what if with Ray, the show isn't so forward-looking? Instead, it's looking back. Is Ray Ross Ulbricht? Is his little mom-and-pop website that he wanted Elliot to help with from episode one the Mr. Robot version of the Silk Road? Hello, friend. You're listening to Decrypted, our second Mr. Robot podcast. This week... We might have just had the craziest hour of the entire series, and we're going to devote the entire show to Logic Bombs. Ars Technica's Nathan Matice here. You're listening to Decrypted. Now, so far in this show, we've established a pattern. Each week we have a guest. Maybe we start with a segment about that week's episode. But not every episode of Mr. Robot is like what we saw last night. Logic Bombs. Arguably, the show just had its best hour of television to date, not just of this season, but overall. With so many crazy and dense things to unpack from what we saw last night, we had to put the guests on hold. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming next week, but for now, let's dive into Logic Bombs like we haven't dove into an episode before. The secret of the perfect hack. Make it infallible. Hidden within the kernel is a logic bomb. Malicious code designed to execute under circumstances I've programmed. Should the FBI take an image of the femtosol, all memory will self-corrupt. Everything starts with that first scene. Obviously, right. It's uh, the opening sequence of a new hour of television. But focus on what's happening. Elliot has finally gotten back to a computer terminal. And the world of Mr. Robot goes back to that kinetic action we recognize from season one. When the episode begins, Elliot is taking on the FBI. He says he is planting malware that he created that will allow him to monitor the phone of every single FBI employee. Funny enough, we don't really ever get back to that. The important thing here is what he explains the malware is. It also doubles as the episode title, a logic bomb. Essentially, these are actions that cause an immediate reaction. So in the case of the FBI malware, if someone tries to, oh, say, mirror the code that Elliot is putting up, everything will self-destruct. This, the thrill of pwning a system. This is the greatest rush. Got access. The feeling never gets old. But like all the best episodes of Mr. Robot, that title, it goes a lot deeper than that. We see logic bongs happening all throughout the episode. On a small level, there's the parking lot attendant, Kareem, the man that Joanna Wellick's been meeting with. He tells Joanna that he thinks the FBI is trailing him, that he's aware something funny is going on, and he wonders, why are we doing this all for some young dude in a hoodie? There's a little bit of reaction for him, and it ends up in one of the most horrific death sequences I can remember. Joanna Wellick has her E-Corp slash security goon drug Kareem, only so that he can watch himself die. Now, even though he was paralyzed, his mind was still able to understand why his life was ending. We let him die with answers. Otherwise, we're nothing but ruthless murderers. The logic bombs only get crazier from there. The FBI asks China for intelligence on the Dark Army during a face-to-face meeting with Mr. Zhang, a.k.a. White Rose. And by the end of the episode, uh... The face-to-face meeting is happening under much, much different circumstances. And Elliot perhaps engages in the most important logic bomb for the season at large. 
only for him, it's not the thing he programmed for the FBI. It's the fact that Ray told him not to look behind the curtain. Elliot had to scratch that itch. And now he's being dragged out of his bed in the middle of the night to, well, be taught a lesson. In physics and this past 55 minutes of Mr. Robot, every action has an opposite reaction. And in the case of a logic bomb, unfortunately, it's usually unexpected for the user, and it doesn't always turn out in their favor. Let's take a moment to travel back in time. Three weeks ago on this very podcast. So what if, with Ray, the show isn't so forward-looking? Instead, it's looking back. Is Ray Ross Ulbricht? Is his little mom-and-pop website that he wanted Elliot to help with from episode one the Mr. Robot version of The Silk Road? Sam Esmail has been known to give us, the viewers, a lot of breadcrumbs. Still, we kind of called that Silk Road thing. Ray is Ross Ulbricht, and the Silk Road in the Mr. Robot universe is called Midland City. Just because you beat a man's face to a pulp don't mean he gonna know what he don't. We're not animals. The implications of this are kind of fascinating. Elliot, in a perfect bit of character buildup, has shown he always wants to help someone in need. This happened in the very, very first scene of the entire series. Remember how he took down the owner of Ron's coffee shop because, well, the dude was running in illegal child porn circles. So when he sees what Midland City offers, illicit drug trade, possibly hitmen, human trafficking, it was decided right there. He's going to act, and there's nothing Mr. Robot can do to reason with him about it. Are we really back to this again? Ray is not some coffee shop owner. Forget what you saw and move on. This is also an incredible piece of casting by the Mr. Robot staff. Craig D. Robinson, he's a lovable guy. He's someone we know as a keyboard-playing goof on The Office or from his various actual comedy sets. When he first comes into the picture this season, you kind of assume he's going to play a similarly soft and lovable type of human being. He comforts Elliot, offers to play chess, acts almost as a therapist. And that's a big reason why the internet's favorite th fan theory popped up. Ray was a lovable prison guard or the super accommodating therapist. Instead, he's a ruthless online drug lord. This show isn't Law & Order, so there's no guarantees that its version of the Silk Road will play out in the same way the real-world version of the Silk Road did. But spoiler alert, it didn't end well for Ross Ulbricht, it also didn't end well for some of his associates. Elliot may be able to take down Midland City, but it's gonna get messy. Now we've got two more things to touch on, but first... Word from our corporate overlords! I gotta say, I'm originally Bud Light. Thanks! Before I tell you, I need you to keep reminding yourself that this is simple. Your gut instinct is gonna be screaming a big fucking no, and I need you to suppress that instinct and remind yourself that this is simple. This little preface was supposed to inspire confidence. You're failing, Mr. I'll give you a small device which you'll take to work. Drop at the Fed's office on the 23rd floor and walk away. 
simple. We still don't really know the ultimate reason why Angela's working at E-Corp, but for now, we'll be plenty happy and settle with the fact that her and Elliot are in the same world again. Part of the reason season two has felt slow so far is probably because the main characters, which at this point, arguably it's Angela, Darlene, and Elliot, they all felt like they were in different atmospheres. Everyone had an isolated storyline that, while related, didn't really intersect. This week, we got Darlene in Angela's apartment, we got Angela in Elliot's old home, and everybody is intertwined again. That is inevitably going to set this season off on a kinetic frenzy towards, well, who knows what. I'm my dead father standing behind you right now. Again, Angela looks like she's on the side of good at this point, but isn't it possible that she is being manipulated by Philip Price exactly how he wants in order to, well, you know, get to Elliot. Eventually, we'll find out. But for now, let's just be thankful that everyone is playing in the same playpen again. Elliot's story this season has largely been one of isolation. Yes, I know he interacts a lot with Mr. Robot, but remember, that's technically the same person. It's no coincidence that what felt like the most important, active, and frenzied hour thus far Mr. Robot was barely seen. Now, if I may ask, how does a young woman from New Jersey find her way into the FBI? I was... I am... disgusted by the selfish brutality of the world. But at the same time, I'm utterly fascinated by it. The FBI is a perfect place for that kind of contradiction. We've come this far without really talking about the central characters from last night's episode. In particular, it's FBI agent Dom and Mr. Zhang, aka White Rose. The drama playing out is obviously immense. China has set up the FBI to some degree, and who knows what will happen if half that office is wiped out. Knock on wood. Dom is probably going to get through this, but certainly things will have drastically changed back in New York. You're making me think I should invest in a decent watch. <laughs> However, the more interesting long-term thing, this is our most extended look at White Rose to date. And it appears that White Rose has a lot more in common with Elliot than we realized. She essentially mirrors him. Specifically, we're talking about how Elliot is dealing with a case of dueling personas. And the more White Rose has to be Mr. Zhang, the more she's probably in the same situation. You see a little bit of those two personalities mesh when Mr. Zhang shows Dom the dresses, but that's also perhaps the moment where we see White Rose at her realist, in a moment simply enjoying some of her prized possessions. It seems like the show is playing a lot with this idea of people who mirror Elliot and have two sides of a mirror with their personalities. There's White Rose, Last season we had Wellick, we have Angela, who seems at one point extremely anti-E-Corp and looking to take them down, and then at another point she's drank the Kool-Aid, and who knows if she's ultimately working for their greater good, not Elliot's. Even the show itself seems like it's a mirror in some ways. Season 2, the most active episode early in the season, is 
one that involves Steel Mountain. And season one kind of turned when an unexpected character became a small villain. In that case, Mera. Well, we've got Ray this time around. If that means season one is a roadmap for season two at large, expect things to only get crazier from here. And if all the major characters are going to have this mirror complex to some degree, what is Philip Price hiding? That's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks as always go out to the Audio Network for providing the soundtrack this week. Tune in next week where we've already got some guests planned, and if this last episode was any indication, we'll have plenty to talk about. Make sure you're following Decrypted wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or directly through RSS. If you got questions, comments, or thoughts, feel free to reach out to us, either through the Ars Technica forums or via email, social at arstechnica.com. Just put Mr. Robot in the subject line. Until next time. So, so he just he just he just ran out of the party pushing old people aside. That's so funny. Was he gonna fire? It's classic George. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs>